It took time for me to build out a website where my new member could join and they would get trained up, duplicate right away. That took time to do, mm -hmm. but you got to slow down to speed up. Hey, it's Emily here, and I am so grateful for you tuning in to this episode. From building and maintaining a nine-figure sales organization to speaking around the globe and now creating the It's Emily Lifestyle blog, thank you for being a part of my journey. My mission is to provide you with the wisdom, the skills, the encouragement, the tactical strategies, and inspiring stories while we continue to become purposeful entrepreneurs and leaving a positive impact in each other's lives as we're called to do so. So with that being said, it's time to de-plug from your outside world and plug into your new world here. So let's dive in. Hello there. Recently, I was involved in an incredible event that was online put on by the Sales and Marketing Roundtable. And let me just tell you, it was such a fun conversation. In this interview you're about to hear, I was asked lots of questions around the topic of becoming more memorable, how to gain influence, how to stand out in a busy market, why being memorable matters, how to turn being memorable into money. I, I just think you're going to just really enjoy this conversation. Uh, you may hear me in a different role as I'm getting asked um, questions and it's super fun, super insightful. So take a listen and as always, let me know what you think. I hope this helps you and serves you and how you can, you know, really take time to think about how you're showing up in the world and how you can stand out even more. And it's not what you might be thinking. It's not by being louder. It's not by being brighter. It's by simply making other people feel more important. So dive in, have fun. Emily, tell us. Tell us why being memorable even matters. What does it mean to become memorable? You know, some people might think, oh, does that mean that you stand out and you're popular and, and you have, you know, need to have pink hair and you need to have pink shoes and, you know, you need to just be so different. Is that what it means? Is it, does it mean that you're loud and you're charismatic and you're extroverted? Is that what it means? And that is not what it means. If that's what you're thinking right now, that is wrong. That is absolutely wrong. What it means is, is to really make a lasting impression. Being memorable, what it is, is it's a transfer of energy that you are actually giving to someone else. And a lot of times it's a way that you make someone else feel. So when you're memorable, someone wants to learn more about you. They're intrigued. They're like, she walks a little different. She talks a little different. She's, she's a bit positive. She went out her extra way to make me feel special or they want to learn from you. Mm. They want to know a little bit more and, and, and how they, you know, whether it's conscious or subconscious, they wonder 
How can I learn more from him or her? That's what being memorable to me is all about. And Emily, you know, that's so important. And I think part of that, correct me if I'm wrong, is showing people the not so beautiful side sometimes, right? Uh, how many times do you go on your Instagram and have a, a full on mask, <laughs> right? So yes. you show us like your beauty tricks. I know some friends have said to me, well, I really like stones. Like who's going to like stones? And I'm like, other people that like stones, right? So it's about being authentic and not trying to be someone different. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that is, that's everything. And whether you work for a company, you're an entrepreneur, we all are our own brands. And you are your own brand of beautiful, however that looks. Yes, men, you are your own brand as well. And authenticity trumps putting on a, a, a fake every time, putting on a face, putting on a front, if you will, that no longer works because people, they want to buy from people that they feel like they can trust. They, they really are looking for people that are human and no longer the ways that used to work back in the day of, of being fake, right? That doesn't really work anymore. And so I think it's, it's vitally important to show all facets of who you are. Now you could be a person of influence in one arena, but also show the human element of who you are and that attracts people in. Totally. Totally. Agree. And you know, the other thing I want to say is it always makes me think of the Maya Angelou quote, people won't remember what you did or what you said. They will remember how you made them feel. Yeah. So, so let's kind of um, shift gears into some, some more tactical things. Um, I and Clelia have both participated in the It's Emily Method program, which I'm going to talk more about later as well, because it's brilliant on a number of levels um, that I don't want you to think were missed on me. I got it. But uh, one of the uh, modules is about being memorable. And what I really loved about your concept of being memorable is it works at a dinner party. It works when you're at a networking event and it works like within your team. Cause we've got an audience here of everywhere from solo to, to fortune 100. So talk to us, first of all, tell the dinner party story. I loved how you make introductions at dinner parties, which mm -hmm. I think translates right to networking. So talk to us about how you make people feel memorable when you're making introductions. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how many of us have ever been to a cocktail party, a dinner party, a mixer? Uh, you know, I, I think more and more people are doing small group things right now um, because of the given climate we're in. Uh, but so many times we walk into these environments and we only go to the person we know. Okay, I'm totally guilty as charged. Okay, I'll just admit it. Um, and we just talk to that one person the whole time. And, we, and, and if that's you, I get it. But I'm going to challenge you to 
step out if you're somebody that wants to become more memorable type of one in the chat right now okay because i'm about to give it to you straight okay when i started my business at the age of 23 and i was flat broke i could hardly pay my rent okay definitely wasn't going to target or buying new things um <laughs> shopping i needed to find a way to network and to make new friends and i would get invited to networking events or dinner parties. And I am naturally an introvert. I'm gonna tell you right now, I am, I'm naturally just wanna to talk to the person who makes me feel safe. Okay. So I had to get out of my comfort zone because my dreams were bigger than my fears. And so what you can do when you are in these scenarios is yes, obviously you know someone, someone invited you, okay? But circle up, get in a circle and, and ask, each person, and this sounds so elementary, but we don't do it. Okay. Who are you? Donna, hello. And you say your name and, and, and you go back and forth. Like we, we do introductions, right? We, we want to know more about them. And then when you find something about Donna and you, and you find what her passions are, what she does for a living, you then, even if it's not your party, introduce Donna to Vicky. Okay. And you make that introduction in the circle. Be so that way you're then helping Donna not feel awkward, Vicky not feel awkward. And now you're actually inadvertently, you're the one standing out because you're making these connections. And so that's what I, what I did, what I do, what I continue to do, because I'm constantly bringing people into environments where they don't know each other. And the fastest way to change the energy in a room is to get people to feel comfortable. And it's also to get people to feel heard. Okay. So it's not about you talking about yourself and how fabulous you are and what you do for a living. Yes. Maybe that's an entry point, but you want to connect people to each other as fast as humanly possible. Now, when you go to sit at a dinner table, okay. What I always like to do, because, you know, naturally we have the people that sit by each other and they only talk to each other. I like to bridge the gap. I like to bridge the gap and go, you know, a kitty corner across the table and, and, and include people into the conversation. And it might be something about the conversation we had previously at the cocktail hour, but I'll even say, you know, Hey, you're new to the Southern California area. You know, um, uh, Janet is new as well. She just moved from New York. Uh, why don't you tell us about your experience, Janet? And I'll ask questions to get people to start talking. Okay. And, and this may seem again, some of you, it may seem elementary others. You're like, I'm scared. Okay. But here's the deal. When you make people feel valued, appreciated, welcomed, it changes the energy in a room. Okay. And then they now feel like they can let their guard down and it changes the whole experience for other people. But what I've learned in business and indeed life is that you have to be the person, the bigger person that takes care of people in these scenarios. And we are in an environment now where people have forgot how to do this. They have forgot. Okay. So this is how you end up standing out. Does that make Love sense? It. 
Love it. And you know what else I really love about this? First of all, my company, the C3, stands for Connect, Collaborate, Community. So I, I get it. I, I breathe. I, 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 I drank the Kool-Aid. I get it. But the thing I also love about this is I also am an introvert. I would rather speak in front of 400 people, which we're kind of doing today, than walk into a room of 10 people I don't know. That's, that's the gosh darn truth. So it also gives me, the introvert, a purpose to be in that room. So it makes me, the introvert, feel more comfortable too. It gives me a reason to be there. So I love the idea. And the other thing I think is that, you know, we have sales teams on this call. I think making those connections within your sales team or within your corporate team also you know, we all have to work together, even though we have a personal brand when we're with a corporation, we're there to achieve the corporate goals. So what better way to do that than to network? I mean, you've got 145,000 people on your team. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're facilitating that all the time. So, so I, I love that concept. Um, Oh, what I want to say, say to that, because we have a lot of leaders on this team, yeah. a lot of, uh, of business owners, one of the best things you can do is is highlight someone when you're doing those introductions and 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 say you know this is donna she is so well known in the business space uh she even has a stevie award she's she is just known for changing energy her zone of genius is organization and you know so doing that and introducing people in that regard i mean I know we're talking about you know, Donna, who's got all these accolades. But the thing is, by doing that, you're then edifying Donna to another partner. And they can now, you know, feel like they can collaborate. And you're doing so much more by by doing that than you'd even even understand. Because then Donna's thinking, wow, they I'm appreciated, you know, what a business model, right? So yeah. I, I want to get to I want Chloe is going to talk to you about social media because as Chloe knows, I have a love hate relationship with social media. But I just want to talk about a couple of tactical things before we go there. Um, uh, you know, you are in network marketing um, and, you know, people have differing viewpoints of network marketing. I'm really impressed with it. And I think that the, the, the parallel between network marketing and B2B marketing, which is what I think most of our audience is, is that our job is to create raving fans, to create centers of influence and build team. You've done that. 145,000 times. So talk to us a little bit about how being memorable will help you to create those strategic partners, those centers of influence, and how it gets you on stage. Yeah, such a great question. Well, you know, it does come back to how am I making someone feel? Remember, being memorable isn't me standing out and being so, so great. It's about a transfer of energy and, and instilling belief and vision in someone else. And so how I've attracted great partners is first of all, showing up as my authentic self, because the minute I let my guard down and I'm just who God created me to be, it allows other people to do the same. It gives other people permission. They feel comfortable because they can see that I'm comfortable within myself, if that makes sense. So I've attracted other partners in and, and really, really have asked them questions. 
Good leaders ask great questions. So when I am recruiting someone, if you're in the business of recruiting, you know, if I'm prospecting someone to potentially become a business partner, I figure out if they're going to be a good fit, if they even want to do this, if, if we would even match through asking a series of questions. And it's not the BS questions like, oh, where do you live and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's, are you doing what you love? Do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel challenged? And, you know, what would you do if, if money or time wasn't an, an uh, object for you, if it wasn't an issue for you, what would you be doing? And then I ask them deeper and deeper and deeper questions. So I'm layering the questions Okay. And it's allowing them to, to really, you know, cut the BS and connect with me on such a deeper level. So we build that trust. And then from there, it's an evolutionary process. Mm -hmm. Leaders don't emerge overnight. Um, Learn, do teach, learn, do teach, learn, do teach. That's really what we do in my form of business until someone can go on and, and do it themselves. And, and how, this leads to a bigger grandiose scale is, is really, you know, I always share this with people, but I'm like, if you can't lead in a small place, why on earth would God promote you to a big one? And that's just my belief. Um, You know, the reason that I am where I am today is because, you know, I, I literally remember doing a presentation and speaking to women in a janitor's closet of a rundown massage therapy place in rural Minnesota. And, you know, I, poured my heart into these women on how they could gain more confidence and how they could create more wealth for their life in this tiny little janitor's closet. They were trying to eat lunch in. And that's where I practiced. That's where I, you know, really started to realize that, you know, I could make a bigger impact. Mm -hmm. And through that repetition, it's led me to bigger stages, bigger impact, but you have to start somewhere. And so many times I get messages from my podcast or online and they're like, how can I get on these big stages and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, are you willing though? Are you willing to start to develop skills? Are you willing to serve people? Because it's about your intent. It's absolutely about your intention. And if you have the intention of wanting to make an impact, start in a living room, start outside, start small, and it's going to compound over time. If you have the right intention, if you cast a vision, so many people, they don't have a vision. I'm like, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you in the business that you're doing? Is it just to pay the bills? I get that. But if you want something bigger, you have to have a bigger vision. And our challenge in life is to keep expanding that vision and to not get stagnant. Totally. totally, Yeah, totally. absolutely. And I think that that brings it to our next conversation with social media and what we've been talking about as far as being authentic. And it's not about just what we do. I mean, some of us are very lucky, like myself, I was a caregiver and I help caregivers. So it's very easy for me to have that conversation. But I think it's about talking about what you believe in. Don't talk about anything else. Because if you don't believe it, people are going to read it, right? And, and that's the conversation about being fake. And people will be able to, to read your, your, your expression 
whether you are, are really passionate about this and if you really want to help them with it. So, so social media, I know it's something Donna loves and hates. I'm very proud of her. She posted this morning. Everybody should go like the post. Okay. We want to support one another no, when we do things. So, um, and Emily, you were a part of that confidence for her to post. So I know social media has been a huge part of me building my brand out there, but Tell us some strategies, because even myself, I find it so hard to be consistent. Yeah, yeah, such a great question. This is free. And when I started my journey, I had no Instagram and 900 Facebook friends. And remember, I told you, like I was living under paycheck to paycheck. And this was such a beautiful way for me to get my message out. Now, the strategy with social media, if you are having the intent of, I want to build a brand, I want to build a business, I want to build a presence, you have to, first of all, think long game, infinite game here. This thing is not going to happen overnight. It's going to, you know, build time to build trust with your audience through consistency. And so automatically, if you just, if you get that out and you're like, I'm in this for the long game, it's going to be better psychologically for you. Okay. Um, but first of all, your thought process needs to be, what can I give? What can I teach? How can I serve? Okay. What can I give? Okay. What can I teach? How can I serve? And I always recommend people to take a, a piece of paper out and think of whatever you're selling, whatever your message is, just brain dump it out. What are all the things you could teach people? Okay. Because people now are going on social media. They're, they're, they're connecting to people, not just because they want to see your kid, maybe your mom or your grandma wants to see that, but they want to know what's in it for me. Okay. So if you can add value to people's lives, that's how you are going to gain more traction, more of a following. I'll just give you a little example. Um, finance guy that I follow, tax guy that I follow, his whole page is entrepreneurs, tax tips, tax stuff you don't know about being a home-based business owner. I mean, I learn stuff from him all the time that I'm DMing my tax advisor. I'm like, did you know this? Did you know this? And, you know, he's like, I'm on vacation with my family and here's how to write off a portion of it, blah, blah, blah. You know, and so I'm getting a tremendous amount of advice from him in that niche market. Okay. So you really want to think to yourself, what can I teach people? Can you teach me how to fold a fitted sheet? I don't know. I really don't know how to. Okay. Or can you teach me how to make some muffins and not burn them? You could probably teach me that as well. Okay. Um, so again, you want to write all this stuff down and add as much value as humanly possible. So what you're doing, you know, is value, 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 sell. Value, 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 sell. Okay. But your business, what you do should be your essence. It should be a part of your day. So for me, I sell health and wellness products. It's, it's in my day. So in my stories, it'll float through that's attraction marketing. Okay. But I'm adding as much value as possible. And that's shareable that that grows your following. But like Clelly and I said in the top of this call is that I believe, especially if you want millennials to buy from you and younger, you need to show that you're a real person and you're not 
perfect. You are perfectly imperfect. So it's this blend of, I have influence, I have authority, I know what I'm talking about, but I'm also a human that has bad days, that doesn't wear makeup sometimes, that you know, get sick at times that has moments with, with your kids that you feel like you're going to break down because they can relate to that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think that's just so important. You know, when COVID first started, I decided to come out and say that I suffer with anxiety. I suffer with panic attacks. And I told people that I take my shoes off and I walk around the in my grass in the front yard to calm down. And I got so many warm messages at telling me that their loved one suffers with anxiety. Can I talk to them? Thank you. I thought I was the only one. Now, this is something I was ashamed about, but look how many people I touched by something that I just wanted to bury deep down inside. So I think it's so important, but for, and, and I think for some people, it just comes easy, right? Like I said before, you're passionate about something, you're able to talk about it, but what about those that maybe they're just starting off their, their new business or they're working for somebody else and perhaps they're an executive or in marketing, how do they bridge the gap between a personal strategy and the business? Mm, yeah, so good. And we're, we're all in, in such different places here in life. I mentor a lot of people that work full-time careers. They're blessed that they get that paycheck, but they have massive passions to build their own businesses. And so for people like this, okay, I always say you need to have a plan. So what I would do is pick one day of the week where your day is a little lighter, uh, love sacrifice all day long. You may have to carve out time where you create content because when you're so busy, it can be very difficult after a long day of working nine to five, putting food on the table, getting the kids to bed to go, okay, now I'm supposed to be, you know, patty positive on Instagram, you know, it can be so difficult to do that. And so what I do is I challenge people on a Saturday afternoon, create content. You can take photos, you can take videos and you can just save it to your phone, save it to Dropbox. Uh, and then you can have more of a strategy to post it throughout the week. Um, but for you that are newbies, a challenge is literally post three times a week, three times, and then start to go on your stories because the stories are less, they're not perfect. They're behind the scenes. They're the day-to-day, -day, right? They're, they're you at Starbucks. It, it's very simplistic. It doesn't need to be so curated. Um, but I would say post three times a week for sure. Um, and then if, if you, you know, get in trouble, you're not supposed to do this because of your business, you could change your Instagram name. You could make it um, a different name, a different subject. Uh, so that way you're not blurring lines. Mm. Okay. So you have separate businesses. Mm. And okay. I know something that you said to me was, you know, for my uh, business partner, he's a certified elder law attorney. He's like, what do I post? Like about Medicaid applications? I'm like, nobody wants to hear about that. So I said, you like, vintage cars, you like vintage watches, you like to mountain bike, right? And that's what you said, suggest that he posts about that. And yes. then when we share his blog, when we share all of the other his speaking engagements, that will be incorporated. So he's authentic, he's himself, 
And now he, he actually said to me, so thank you, Emily, is he said, there's a guy in my town that reached out to me. He is a financial advisor and he wants to go mountain biking. I'm like, see? So cool. He was right. That is the power of social media. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And and we just to play off of that, I, I know that every single one of us right now can think of things we're passionate about that have absolutely zero to do with our businesses, but you're going to attract people in. I mean, my dog Hugo has an Instagram account and I'm connecting with other owners that have Shih Tzu Bashans. You know, uh. it's like because of our dog, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so sometimes our businesses can feel like boring or you kind of feel a little stuck, switch it up and start talking about things that, you know, you would talk about all day long that you don't get paid for. And that will attract, you know, people that have that common ground. I have a friend that has twins and she talks about being, you know, having a set of identical twins and she has attracted other moms that have identical twins and she, you know, brought them into her business eventually. So awesome. So, and for those of us who are, are, are not millennials, enough said, um, and, and in the B2B world, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. So that is probably where I spend most of my time and my, my feeling about LinkedIn, you know, you said value, 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 sell. I say, engage, 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 post. So I'm always, uh, you know, trying to comment on other people's posts so that, again, I can make them feel like I'm listening, like I'm hearing them. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things, um, just before we segue to our last conversation about teams, um, one of the things I always say to people, and, and Emily, I'm going to push back on you here, social media, the social media platform is free. Your time most certainly is not. So you got to pick your poison. You got to pick your strategy and you have to monitor for an ROI. Now you've built an amazing following. Your ROI is very clear. I know for me, it's, it is about thought leadership. It is about attracting partners. It is about, you're even, a, you know, a spokesperson for some pretty freaking amazing products at this point. You're having lots of fun with that stuff, I'm thinking. So, so um, I think like any other piece of your strategy, you need to monitor the, the return that you're getting. So before we go to Q&A, and again, be sure to use the Q&A segment of uh, this Zoom platform, you have... 145,000 salespeople. Many of the people on this call have sales teams. All of the people on this call should be thinking about scaling their business. How do you create process to scale your business, whether it's you, whether it's your sales team? And what I love about the It's Emily Method program is that not only does it attract new talent for you, but I have to imagine part of the creation was Oh my God, I have a, I have so much content. How can I put this in a format where I can empower my team? So talk to us a little bit about your strategy and, you know, network marketing is amazing. You raise up leaders. So talk to us about how we should be replicating ourselves and raising up leaders and, and building sales teams that may look like traditional sales teams, or they may look like raving fans or your, you know, your cohort or your pod. Talk to us a little about the team element. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And I, and I want to always share Okay. I, I really, truly wish I had a video camera on me in my first 
five years of this business, eight years of this business, because you see 11 years of me grinding day in and day out and day in and day out and day in and day out, saying no to spring break and things other people have done to develop myself. Um, and, and you know what I used to post and my mom and my aunt were the only people that liked and comment. Okay. And I really want to make that abundantly clear. Okay. Um, but duplicating leadership and having uh, huge teams. I mean, it all starts with identifying who is someone that could do what I do, who is somebody that has potential because we can't mentor everyone. I was the queen of trying to save everyone in my yeah. beginning of my build. I, I remember like mentoring people. I, I felt like I was a therapist and I was like, I am not qualified for this. And so again, through asking questions and giving assignments, I know, I know some of you were like, I didn't like school. Okay. But when I, when I identify who's a potential good partner and I start to give them assignments, I see if we're going to ping pong. I see if we're going to match energy for energy. I see how it is. And if there's somebody that I'm going to have to drag across the finish line. Okay. Or I'm going to have to push their butt into the end zone. I'm not doing it. Because I would rather spend my time investing in someone who's eventually going to step in and do this when I'm not babysitting them. Okay. So that's how I have grown tremendously in my career and network marketing and now in other things that I do, I really look at where's that equal energy exchange and, and my leverage is duplicating leadership through mentorship, but also using systems. So systems are your BFF for everything, for goal setting. Okay. And, and you guys know this in the assembly method. It's not about just making a vision board. It's about reverse engineering it. It's about bite-sized goals. It's about making, you know, stuff happen, right? We know that through our daily habits, but having systems in everything you do. I have multiple different businesses. So I have a system for the podcast. I have a system for it's Emily. I have a system for my network marketing team. I have an onboarding system. So if I was gone and I just decided, decided to go to Cabo right now, okay, they could still go on. There is still a Wednesday night call pitching our opportunity that guess what? I only, until Christmas, I only do it twice twice and it happens every Wednesday, right? They know what to do to get started because there's systems in place. And so sometimes these systems seem overwhelming and they take time to set up. It took time for me to build out a website where my new member could join and they would get trained up, duplicate right away. That took time to do, mm -hmm. but you got to slow down to speed up and that's how you duplicate. And then you also have to look at, and I love that Donna said this because time is money. And when I knew that I wanted to change my family lineage and I wanted to just mm -hmm. create something epic and I wanted to be a millionaire, I wanted to make $500 an hour, seven figures a year. That was what I wanted to do at the age of when I did that at 26, I looked at my time and how much is my time worth? And I started to still be present in the moment, but I started to think, okay, is this worth my time? Is this worth my energy? Or could I hire somebody else to do this? And as a, uh, a, a neat freak, a control freak at times, I'm going to tell you right now that this was and still is difficult for me to let someone else take over, but it allows me to free myself up to do what I need to do to continue to grow my business, my empire, which 
overall impacts people's lives and that's a greater mission. So it's a shift in mindset. I know that was a whole heck of a lot. No, I, I totally get it. And I think if you, you know, one of my core values is impact. And if I want to leave the world a better place, then that means I have to show up and help as many people as possible become the best version of themselves. So Vicki, what do we got in the way of Q and A for oh my fabulous goodness. Emily Vavra? Like the energy is vibrating. So thank you, Emily. You're ridiculous in all the most amazing ways. Amazing. (laughs) We have so many questions for you. You really ignited people. Um, So our first question comes, how do you, and and, and I think this this is a great question. How do you keep track of separate businesses on social media? You know, it's like sometimes you get people's Christmas lights get all tangled up. Do you recommend (laughs) (laughs) having separate accounts and highlighting each one or should we have one page and and I yeah great question so um I I I know this to be true you gotta pick one lane and drive it deep you gotta pick one business and do it well Uh, a book that I think you should all read that's my favorite is called essentialism and it it deeply impacted my life because I was trying to do and this is most people in society 500 different things you're making minimal progress to the things that matter most to you so if you pick one to two things in life and you drive it deep you're going to create what's called momentum which is you know usually then you have success from that and so when it comes to this question I would just do what's the thing that you're working on the most and get really, really good at that because otherwise your content can get diluted. Um, And I also believe that a lot of people now are purchasing, whether they're looking for coach businesses, again, like I said, from people that they want to know. So you can, you can mix them. You absolutely can, if you want. Um, That's what I do you'll see me post about my health and wellness products. You'll see me post about my podcast. You'll see me post about, you know, fashion tips, right? All the different stuff. You'll see me post about, you know, being at my grandmother's funeral and you see it all. Um, But, you know, I really, again, believe for most people, you just need to get good at one, one business, one thing, drive it deep. I I agree with that. And I just want to jump in on that one because um, I think if you're too fragmented, it's a symptom. Mm. So if you, if you can't have everything you do leverage, everything you do, then something's not in alignment. And I think you need to go back and look at your strategy and see if you need to do a little weeding. Yep. Very good. Excellent point, ladies. Now this is a question. I, I think this is a terrific question. How do I differentiate myself in the sensory overload of a market? That what a great question. It's such a great question. First of all, is be consistent because a lot of people are not. A lot of people's credit score is so low. And I don't mean you know your actual credit score. I just mean when I always look at people's credit score, can I trust you? Can I rely on you? And so many people start and stop and start and stop and start and stop. So there's really, you know, subconsciously for people, it's like, gosh, could I rely on them? So number one, be consistent and be you as cliche and boring as that might be. 
like really be you. And, 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 and when I first got into business, not knowing business, not going to college, I remember this vividly. I was at a business conference and a lot of the women are my role models, uh, but they're a lot older than me and we're just different. We're just different. And I remember thinking to myself, do I need to edit myself? Do I have to change myself? Do I need to change the way I look, the way I dress? Should I not talk about my faith because they say not to talk about their faith? And I was having all this mass confusion. And I'm like, what's this worth if I can't be myself? What is all this worth? It's not worth anything to me. So I decided in that moment, I remember it vividly. I was in Arizona at the Marriott. I was in this conference room and I was like, I'm going to be who God created me to be. And I'm not going to change myself. And that's the way I'm going to show up on social media too. It's no different than if you and I just went to coffee right now, I'll say quirky things that I would say on my Insta stories. Okay. So how you stand out is by not being a copycat and by being yourself and leaning into that and being consistent. Right. And, and remember, all of that goes to being memorable, which leads to influence, which leads to momentum, which attracts the right partners, which has people talking about you. So again, everything leverages everything. Yeah. So this is an interesting question that I, from my friend, Renee Bogart, what is the one thing you should be memorable for? I believe in, and this is personal, but I believe it's how I make somebody else feel. I really do. I, my prayer, my intention, whether I'm shopping, getting a coffee, walking my dog, doing a business meeting, I want to help other people know and feel that they matter and then that they're important. Mm -hmm. All how you make people feel. Um, from Sunita Hall, she asked, what platforms do you use for project management and how do you utilize them? You know, you need some organization to make an empire happen. Yes. You know, I don't endorse this company, even though I should. Um, I love Trello. Uh, if, if no one has tried Trello, it's really great. Like, for example, Trello using it for my network marketing team, my assistants on there, she can see, you know, what's the upcoming calls for the week, the badges, the stuff that needs to be created for digital assets. My podcast editor is on there. So there's different boards for different subjects. And then you can tag each other when it's done. So like yesterday, I just dropped a podcast episode and my editor tagged me in Trello and said, here are your digital assets. Got the notification, downloaded them from Dropbox and then put them on Instagram. So it's super easy. So, and I also love Dropbox as well. Um, but Trello is really great. Um, so go explore those. Yeah. And the other thing I want to piggyback on that we happen to use Asana, but Trello is great too. The yeah. thing I love about these project management softwares is again, in the spirit of process scalability and being able to replicate if you've got a process for a podcast and next month you have a podcast, you're literally just re you're, you're not, you're, you're, you're creating a string that has all the same exact tasks in them. It could even be who, who they're assigned to, what the timeline is. Project management is key to getting a lot of 
Shit done. There, I said shit on NJP. This just got real. I was going to say that word too. Yeah, no, for, for real. And you can also, for my, my leaders out there, you can oversee stuff. So sometimes we get resentful of our employees, of our teams, because we're like, are you even doing anything? You know, <laughs> or like, is she get, are they dropping the ball? And like, I can see what's happening. And that makes me feel comforted. Okay, I'll just say it. Right. I agree. It's out and, there. And I, I often say I'm a recovered micromanager. So project management allows me to not micromanage, but feel like I know what's going on, which lets me sleep at night. Right. <laughs> Do we have time for another question, Donna? Or yes, you go ahead. One more question. And One we'll more question. Okay. Um, so Jessica just please excuse me, Jessica J. We're just going to shorten you. <laughs> when building your network marketing community, what has helped you create such a large and unified organization? Good question. Mm -hmm. And that, that applies question. to anyone. I don't totally. care if it's network marketing or whatever. Good question. Uh, any, any, any type of, of, of business. Uh, I mean, the, the key is, again, I know I keep saying it, but it's this consistent mm -hmm day in and day out type of thing. I, again, in, in this type of business, because it's a volunteer army, okay, or any, any entrepreneurial business, you don't have someone coming to you saying, hey, did you work today? Um, so creating consistency, even in the beginning when I was making $54 a week, uh, but still going, it was my vision. So that's the other aspect of the whole thing, how you create a big anything a big company is vision without a vision the people will perish and i got very clear in the beginning of what my vision was and who i wanted to impact and why we're doing what we're doing and that is something that is constantly baked into our team culture every single week we remember why we why are we doing this like why and constantly re-enrolling people into the vision is absolutely so important for any kind of company. Why do we do what we do? You know, do we want to make women feel empowered? Do we want to make people feel better? Do we want to help people with their finances? Why do we want to do that? Why do we want to be different than all the other companies out there? And so again, it's going back to the why, and then it's duplicating leadership. That's how you build any kind of team. It is not me. It is the people that I've attracted and, and the teamwork is essential. Absolutely. Had a couple people, Emily, ask what product you sell. That's up to you. I don't know if you wanted to share yeah, that. Yes, just send me a message. But uh, what I'm passionate about is uh, collagen. So I sell a liquid collagen um, and, and weight loss products and cellular nutrition. Awesome. Excellent. I'm so grateful you've listened all the way through as that right there, my friend, says a lot about your commitment to your personal empowerment. If you truly found value in this podcast, then screenshot this podcast right now. Put it on your Instagram stories and tag me at It's Emily, as I'd love to see you taking that step to empower others. Remember to also go leave a comment on what your biggest takeaway was from this episode on my most recent post on Instagram. Within two hours of this podcast dropping, 
we always pick two random winners every Sunday and gift each winner a $50 Amazon gift card. Lastly, it means the world if you take just 10 seconds to share the same takeaway in the review section on iTunes as it really helps amplify this podcast to more people. Remember to always spread light, spread love, and pay it forward, my friends. I believe in you. Thank you.